Aloha, you are listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm here with the Athletics' Tony Jones. Let's go! All right, I'm back with my guy, Tony Jones. We're recording on a Wednesday afternoon and free agency is in full swing right now. Lots of the top free agents now off the board. Not a lot of cap room left for teams, so I'm not sure we're going to see any other big uh, major deals at this point. Uh, Tony and I today want to talk about teams that improved or teams that kind of slid back uh, based off of their free agency trades and the NBA draft. And so we're going to kind of get an overview of that. We're going to actually start with the offseason free agency stuff, offseason winners and losers. And, and Tony, I got to ask you, because you're a huge Knicks fan, we're just going to start with the Knicks. Uh, it, it looked up until today like this was a kind of problematic offseason for the Knicks, right? They signed all their guys, which is great, but they had all this cap room and didn't get much better. Evan Fonier was their big, big signing. I'm not sure that that excites everybody in New York. And then we find out that they're going to get Kemba Walker on the cheap. Uh, this year in a buyout with Oklahoma City. Uh, Kemba Walker, actually from New York, has always wanted to play there. And that seems like maybe it it shifts the perception of this Knicks offseason. So uh, first of all, the Knicks a winner or loser in the offseason right now, Tony? Uh, I think the first thing I want to say, you know, from from playing high school basketball in New York, I played at Our Savior Lutheran. And, you know, we, we, we played you know, a lot of uh, CHSAA teams every year. We played Rice every year. Uh, We played LaSalle every year. And Kimball's from Rice. And I know that, you know, just from from being in that, um, you know, just kind of being in that and playing with the Gauchos and all that stuff, you know, all of us, we dream playing at Madison Square Garden and dream of playing uh, for the New York Knicks. So, you know, uh, big shout out to Kimba for, for for realizing that dream and 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 you know and, and playing at 34th and 34th and 7th that's uh that's that's big time right there like no matter how it how it all you know uh plays out like that's just that's just really big time right there and, and Kimba's a, a a New Yorker through and through so um you know shout out to Kimba for that but um so the deal you know getting I I think the positive for the Knicks is that um, they get Kimba, you know, for, you know, not for something less than a max deal, you know, something really cheap and, and, and really affordable. Um, the, the durability issues are real. Um, the knee is, is a real concern. Um, but, you know, with Julius Randle and RJ Barrett and, and in Evan Fournier, uh, you're basically asking Kemba to be your your fourth starter, not your third starter. So I think the the shift in role uh, is 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 a big thing there. And you know I think he can add some stability uh, and and dynamic play uh, at the, at the at the point guard spot. Um, so it, it's 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 definitely um, to me it's a positive, and you know. And, and and I think that uh, to me, I, I think it, it's a it's a good move uh, for the Knicks. They needed one more guy uh, that could just break down the defense. 
to 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 add to to Julius Randle. I think you saw that lack of creation really hurt them off the dribble in the playoffs. Um, so I, I'm 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 looking at it as a as a net positive for the Knicks. Where do you see the Knicks finishing in what's becoming an increasingly loaded Eastern Conference right now? I think one of the things that's difficult to ascertain right now is lots of teams, and we'll talk about a few more, making big moves right now. The East, for once, looks like it's actually going to be pretty strong. Where do you see the Knicks fi- uh, finishing in the East if this is their this is their lineup going into the season? Yeah, I mean, you got to look at it, right? Like, um, you got to look at it. Uh, um, Brooklyn has made really good moves this offseason. Get, them getting Patty Mills is 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 a big move and, and big time insurance uh against the durability of of Kyrie Irving and, and James Harden um I thought that Milwaukee's moves quietly even though they lost PJ Tucker uh their moves were quietly um really um their moves were quietly solid right like they got George Hill to add backcourt depth they got Rodney Hood um you know and if Rodney Hood is is um, if Rodney Hood is healthy, you have a weapon shooter with size, a six foot eight weapon shooter with size. So um, they're going to be right there again. The, the Philadelphia 76ers, I know they're in a little bit of flux because they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with, with, with Ben Gordon. But as long as they have Joel Embiid, you know, uh, they're going to be right there. Um, the Atlanta Hawks are going to be right there. So you know, Miami, Miami, Miami adds Kyle Lowry, Miami and, added uh, Kyle Lowry. They're and, going for and, it and they're going for it. Um, the Chicago Bulls got a lot better. I mean, right now you can go on and on right now. You're looking at potentially a team led by Jason Tatum and 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 Jalen Brown potentially being the eighth best team on paper in the conference, a team led by that those two is potentially the eighth best team uh, on paper in the conference. So, you know, I'm willing to say that the Knicks are still going to be in that six, that six range. Um, You know, I I think that there are five teams that right now on paper that are better than them. Uh, But man, they're going to have to come out and hoop next year. Uh, And quietly, I think that Detroit's going to be better. And, you know, and Indiana's still going to be right there because, you know, they still still have guys. The East, like you said, the East for maybe the first time in 20 years (laughs) might be the better conference next year. Yeah, and they're not going to sneak in an under 500 team into the playoffs like the East kind of does almost every year now. It's going to be brutal, and I see all those teams clumped together. Uh, Washington, Charlotte. We didn't talk about Charlotte, but you know Charlotte is a really intriguing team. Uh, you know Washington is is trying to make some moves as well. India, you know they didn't have a healthy T.J. Warren last year, and that that's a big big uh, difference to sort of have him back um, as well. I want to talk about the Bulls because they were the other team that I think in the East made big big splashes. They get Lonzo Ball, uh, they get Demar Derozan uh, in the uh, this summer. Does it move the needle, you know, for the Bulls right now? I mean, the Bulls could theoretically end up in the same spot that they were last year. Better team, no, no question, a better team. But given how crowded it is in the East, um, it's really interesting. What do you think about the Bulls right now with 
with Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, uh, uh, Vucevic uh, in the middle now. What do you think about their uh, their chances? Well, I, I'm I'm a little bit ambivalent because you know I, I definitely think uh, they made splashes. Um, I question their spacing um, a little bit, um, you know, and, and I question the fit just a little bit. Uh, you know, Demar Derozan's at bet at his best with the ball in his hands. Um, uh, Zach Levine's at his best with the ball in his hands. So you got your two ball in hand guys. Um, I, I think Lonzo Ball's a good fit with both of those guys because uh, he's not a necessarily a ball in hand point guard, and he doesn't need the basketball in his hands to be effective. Um, you know, you got to make sure that that Vooch is involved, and you know, the delicate balancing act in all of this is the the most important piece to me is Patrick Williams because you still have to make sure that he develops and that he doesn't get lost um, in in the new signings and the new additions because. I think out of anybody on that roster, Patrick Williams probably has the best chance to become a superstar. So um, it's 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 one of those things where I think it's going to be a, a balancing act. Obviously, the Bulls want to win now; they have to win now because uh, they they've got to they've got to make sure that they get Zach Levine to a third contract. Um, but at the same time, they have to to develop as well. And, you know, lost in all of this is Kobe White's probably going to lose uh, some minutes and roll and shots. And and we still don't know what's going to happen to Lord, with, with Laurie Markkinen. Uh, so, you know, the Bulls are going to have to develop uh, their bench as well. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely think, that, you know, the obvious the, the obvious thing is the, the talent level is better, right? Like, you know, Lonzo Ball, that that's a jump in talent level. Um, getting DeMar DeRozan, that's a jump in talent level. So those are two major jumps in talent level. Uh, so, you know, the, we'll see how the Bulls do with that jump in talent level. And we're going to see what they do with, with expectation because right now the expectation is, you know, you got to make the playoffs next year. Yeah, and it, it actually sort of, I can see it a scenario where they do, uh, but it's probably as a seventh, eighth seed or as a play-in team. Uh, and that's uh, you know that's not obviously what Chicago's going through. And and the DeRozan, I, I like the Lonzo Ball deal. The DeRozan deal to me was really problematic, just in the amount of sheer money that they gave him. Three well, years, the, it's million the years that's problematic for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's going to lock them in with this core now for the next couple of years, assuming that they resign Zach Levine. It's really locked them into a team that's probably peaks at a six seed. Uh, you know, that's where they peak. Uh, chances that they're an 11th seed and they've traded away their future, you know, picks for the next, uh, you know, several years as well. It's it's problematic uh, to me for Chicago. Let's switch to the West. And I want to start with the Lakers because they made the big splash on draft night. We haven't talked about it yet, but getting Russell Westbrook um, in and everybody, including me, watched the Lakers and said, Okay, I don't really love this fit, but you know Russ is is a player and he's a competitor, and I can see how he can play with LeBron. Let's see what the Lakers do to fill out this roster, and knowing that they don't have a lot of money to do it, they've added a ton of shooters. They brought back Dwight Howard. I mean, a ton of shooters. They got a couple of intriguing guys that weren't drafted on draft night, sort of in as well. Do you like this Lakers team at this point? I mean, they they. 
they did seem to understand what their weaknesses are. Um, brought in a bunch of shooters. It looks like the way they're constructing this roster, LeBron's going to be the four, Anthony Davis is going to be the five, and they're going to um, you know, bring in a bunch of shooters uh, to play the two and the three there. Um, Kendrick Nunn there to sort of back up Russell Westbrook as well. What do you think about the Lakers now? Do you like this team? Don't like this team? I like them quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, I think if you had to ask me right now, the Lakers, the Jazz, and the Suns, um, you know, are the, are the three teams, are the, are the three best teams in the Western Conference, um, or at least record-wise, you know, they'll be the three top seeds. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all meshes. Uh, I think that locker room has a chance to be insane because you're going to have Russell Westbrook in the locker room. You're going to have LeBron in the locker room. You're going to have Carmelo Anthony in the locker room. You're going to have uh, Dwight Howard in the locker room. I mean, it, it, it's just going to be like, is I, 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 I want to see how the Laker beat writers just handle all of these personalities uh, that are going to be in the locker room. But you know, at the same time, they made some really, really uh, intriguing moves. I mean, them getting Wayne Ellington, he's a weapon shooter. Uh, them getting Malik Monk, he's, you know, he's obviously uh, a microwave scorer. Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn is obviously a microwave scorer. They re-signed Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, you know, they're going to be deep. They're going to be athletic. They're going to, uh, they're, they're going to, they're going to be old. Um, they're going to have a lot of shooting. Um, they still have two of the top, you know, six, seven players in the league. Um, you know, but they, they've guarded themselves a little bit against injuries. Uh, they have more guys who can play with the ball in their hands. Uh, when last year they, they probably only had two or three guys that could do that. Um, you know, they have like five or six guys that can play with the ball in their hands now. So, you know, they're going to, the, the downside is, there are, you know, 14 rotation players on this roster and there are nine rotation spots from night to night or 10 at the most. So there's going to be somebody that is a really good basketball player. There are going to be multiple guys that are really good basketball players that are not going to be playing from night to night. And, and how those guys handle not playing from night to night, um, that's you know, that's going to go a long way in determining what this season is for the Lakers. I predict a lot of resting. Uh, I predict that one of the reasons you're going to see this many players is that they're going to be significant resting of LeBron, AD, Russell Westbrook, keeping them fresh for the playoffs and having enough of a competitive team that we can rotate setting those guys out and bring other players in. So I, I think it's going to be interesting. I actually am pleasantly surprised with what the Lakers did. I, I was very pessimistic after Westbrook, and I'm less pessimistic now. I see the same thing. I see you know Phoenix obviously there. Utah is going to be right there um, as well. But the Lakers, the Lakers look good. And this, is, again, is a fairly deep Western Conference as well. Uh, you know, we're going to continue to see, uh, you know, a number of other teams that, that are really good. So I want to talk about a team that's uh, puzzling to me, which is the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, because they make all these deals to clear max cap room. They're going to go after Kyle Lowry. They don't get Kyle Lowry. They decide not to re-sign Lonzo Ball. They bring in Devontae Graham uh, instead, um, and Tomos Sadorinsky. Uh They give up more picks to sort of do this. And I look at the Pelicans and I'm like, 
I not only do I not think they got better, there's maybe a chance that they got slightly, slightly worse. And this was supposed to be the this, this summer that they put a, a, a team on the floor that was going to convince Zion Williamson that like this is where his long-term home is going to be. Uh, it, do you understand what New Orleans is doing right now? Because uh, I don't see him as a playoff team. And I, I just, I'm not sure why they gave up all the assets they did to get to this spot. Well, I think the caveat with New Orleans is, um, is the improvement of Nikhil Alexander-Walker real? And um, if he is as good as it looks like he has a chance to be coming, um, then I think that, you know, uh, I think that David Griffin kind of looks crazy like a fox, right? Like he's saying, okay, I'm going to ship out Lonzo Ball. I'm going to bring in, uh, I'm going to bring in Devontae Graham. Um, Graham is really, really good off the dribble. He's a really good shooter. Um, he's kind of like, I don't, I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like I'm comparing it, but he's kind of like Damian Lillard in in the way that uh, he he can hurt you from deep. He can hurt you from 25 to 30 feet. Um, you know, he's, 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 you know, he's 40, he's costing $40 million less than Lonzo Ball. I, I think that if Devontae Graham is uh, a high level six man, uh, I, I think that, that, that's what he can be in terms of his strength for this team. But that that requires Nikhil Alexander-Walker to grow into a, a real starter uh, and a night-to-night starter and a guy that can be uh, – and, and a guy that can be reliable on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, I don't like the fact that the Pelicans gave up a first-round pick in this. Um you know, part of me thinks that, you know, they should have just, you know, re-signed Lonzo Ball. Um, you got to, you know, I think they have to get Josh Hart back into the fold um, because I think Josh Hart is one of the, the very best 3MD guys uh, in the league. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of, 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 you know, the playoffs, you know, where's the cutoff in the Western Conference right now? Because, you know, you, you have – uh, you have Phoenix, the Lakers, and the Jazz. Uh, I think we all know, we all kind of can kind of agree those are kind of your first three uh, teams. Denver is going to be right there. Uh, the Clippers are still going to be there. Dallas is going to be there. Um, and then, you know, you have Golden State. Golden State's going to be there. And you're going to have Portland's going to be there. So, and you know, Memphis, where's the cutoff? Memphis, who the- made the playoff game, and they're right. going to get better. Memphis is going to keep right. getting better. Memphis is going to keep getting better. Um, so now you have that's that's nine teams right there before you even think about the Pelicans, and you know that that's that's an issue because you want to try to infiltrate uh, that that playoff uh, at some point in in the rookie contract of of, of Zion Williams, uh, Zion Williamson, and and right now. Uh, you're you're heading into year three of Zion Williamson, so you're heading into uh, the back end of that rookie contract. So I I think this year or next year, um, New Orleans really has to to make a move uh, up the standings, and I don't know that they can get there this year. 
Yeah. Same with Portland, right? Damian Lillard wanted to see significant improvement on the roster. There's only so much Neil O'Shea could do with the assets that he had. Certainly not seeing it yet uh, in, in Portland. And the poor Sacramento Kings, who every year say this is going to be the year, going to make the playoffs, you know, to me end up sitting there at 11, 12, in the same spot they always are. They, they keep making incremental improvements, but I'm not sure that it gets them, uh, you know, into the playoffs this year. Uh, sad for the Kings. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about teams that helped themselves in the 2021 NBA draft. I'm with Tony Jones of The Athletic. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? You talk to a Built Bar fan, they definitely are passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. I'm a big coconut guy myself. Tastes like a Mounds bar. These bars are chewy. They're not dry. They taste like candy bars. They're absolutely delicious. And the cool thing about them is they're also healthy too. They have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, only four grams of net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, I'm back with Tony Jones of The Athletic. We're talking about winners and losers of the offseason. We just talked about some of the uh, moves that were made uh, by teams as far as free agents and trades. I want to go to the draft. We haven't had a chance to talk to Tony. I have my draft grades up. But want to talk about the draft a little bit and teams that improve themselves because of this year's draft. Uh, Tony, was there a particular team out there that that you, like, you loved their draft this year? Um, I... I'm, can I go with the low hanging fruit? Go for it. Okay, I love Detroit's draft. What, what the heck? Go Cade Cunningham, so surprised. <laughs> Cade Cunningham. <laughs> I, I I I liked what I like about the Cade Cunningham. Um, um, them getting Cade Cunningham, I like that they didn't overthink it. Um, you know, and you know, obviously Jalen Green went into Detroit like you you, you know you reported. Uh, and and he had a really impressive workout, um, but you know I, I just like that Detroit didn't overthink it, and and you know I I loved um, you know I, I loved uh, that they were just able to to add them. I I, I liked what Oklahoma City did. Uh, I liked Josh Giddy. Um, I like Josh Giddy with with uh, with with uh, SGA uh, quite a bit. Hey, listen, all you SGA fans that that you know have been in in uh, me and Chad's mentions the last two weeks, we were not dissing him when we said that we would not trade SGA in the sixth pick for number one. That was not a diss to SGA. We think that he's a very very good basketball player. We think he's an all star. We think he is an all NBA talent. So I just want to put this on the record. That you guys don't have to come in our mentions and you know and, and troll us over SGA. You're preaching to the choir. We think he's really good. Chad, do you think he's really good? 
I absolutely think so. Chad I think SGA? he's amazing. Do you think he's really Yeah, good? of course. Okay. Yeah, he's there amazing. We there we go. Um, we're just talking about Cade Cunningham for a minute and and how yes. good Tony Tony thinks Cade Cunningham is. It's interesting, Tony. I'm going to disagree with you on Oklahoma City uh, for a couple of reasons. One, this is a bad outcome for Oklahoma City, given the whole year of tanking that you end up with Josh Giddy. Um, right. Like that's that's who you ended up with. And that's no offense to Josh Giddy, who I also like. And to me was was a maybe a little bit I had a little bit lower on my board uh, than six. I think he was 11, you know, sort of on my final board. But, you know, fair enough in that almost in that tier uh, for me. But you're tanking and you're tanking to get a superstar at some point. And the Grizzly and the Grizzlies, some of it's not their fault. Some of it's the draft lottery. Some of it's Poku's fault for going crazy in that final game and changing the draft odds, uh, you know, for Oklahoma City negatively. Uh, But the fact that they couldn't, and it sounds like they tried, use all of these incredible assets that Sam Presti has gathered over the years to get up and get a Cade Cunningham or an Evan Mobley or Jalen Green in this draft, that they were unable to do it. Uh, is is a loss for me for Oklahoma City, right? Like you can say all you want, these assets are valuable, but if you can't actually collect them all and do something with those assets, uh, then you, you then they're just you know they're just assets, and you're it's sort of like you're collecting monopoly money at this point, right? Like it's 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 got to have some sort of value in the market, and and I think I was I, if I was a if I was a Thunder fan, I would feel like we went through that whole year of pain. We ended up with Josh Giddy, who can be solid. Uh, I don't think Josh Giddy has the upside of SGA though, so it's somewhere below that. Um, and and then I think that the you know the other thing is that we're seeing that now we're going to do the same thing again next year, and it's going to be the same the same sort of run through this again. Oklahoma City is going to be really bad, and now you're coming into next year's draft and sort of hoping hoping for the same thing. I, I just I, I think it's problematic. If I'm OKC. This was not the outcome I'm looking for when there was three tier one players or in your case, four tier one players in a draft. You got none of them. It's one thing when there's one and you don't win the number one pick, but it kind of sucks when there's three or four of them and you didn't get any of them. And then, you know, this is also a fairly big shift for both you and I to say that Josh Giddy over Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah. Um, right? you know, Who sits there as well, because that to me was also a surprise. I, I agree with you from 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 that standpoint. Like, if you take everything and you look at, you know, just uh, what you were doing all year, you, you obviously weren't trying to win uh, very hard all all season, um, and you come away with Josh Giddy. That can seem like a disappointment. I agree. Um, my thing with me liking Josh Giddy is that I like to fit with SGA. Like, I think that. Um, I, I think that they, along with Lou Dort, can become a really nice backcourt. Um, you know, I like oversized passers, oversized playmakers. Uh, I think that that's what wins. That's one of the things that wins in today's game. Like a Kay Cunningham wins in today's game. A Josh Giddy, a six foot eight, you know, playmaker. You know, those those guys win um, in, in today's game. Um, so I, I happen, that's kind of why I have some, some love for Josh Gideon, love for what Oklahoma city did. Uh, one of the other teams that I thought was a real winner was the Orlando magic. Um, them, them, I thought that they had a heck of a, 
uh, a first round, especially, you know, what they did at that five and eight pick. They come away with with a point guard. They come away with, um, you know, they, they come away with uh, a two-way wing, um, you know. So, you know, I, I thought that the, the, the Magic really played, uh, really played their hand really well. And obviously the Magic had Jalen Suggs fall in their lap because, as you reported, um, you know, Scotty Barnes, uh, went went to 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 the Toronto Raptors. So, you know, I like that they didn't overthink it in terms of, uh, you know, okay, we already have Cole Anthony, we already have Markel Fultz, we already have R.J. Hampton, um, and if I have to give, um, and if and if I have to be fair, if I'm giving Oklahoma City, I mean, if I'm giving the Orlando Magic love uh, for for what they did in 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 drafting um in, in, in drafting Suggs, then you have to do the same thing for Sacramento with drafting, you know, Davion Mitchell, even though that their two best players are currently point guards as well. Yeah, I was gonna ask you how you felt about that Kings pick because I think you and I are big Davian Mitchell fans. So on a talent level, I have no problem with him going nine. I, I think he's definitely in that tier. Uh the fit was a little bit more problematic in that their two best players are guards. But they do need defensive toughness. This was the worst defensive team in the league last year. Davian Mitchell, we know, is a fierce on-the-ball defender. And and then Nemius Keita comes in as, as a good defender and rebounder as well in the middle where they also needed help. So it it, it shocked me. The Kings draft kind of like shocked me a little bit at first, but then the, it grew on me uh, as I was going through the yeah, night and sort of thinking well. about... It's not just about positional fit. It's about the types of players that you're bringing in, the types of mentality, the type of culture that you're trying to build in Sacramento. And for that, I think Davian Mitchell is a great fit in Sacramento. So I'm going to suggest something that might seem like a hot take, but um, hear me out. If I were Sacramento, I would probably be looking to, to trade De'Aaron Fox at this point. That's a hot take. Uh, who would you trade him for? Like, how, what what caliber of level of player would you need to get back for De'Aaron Fox? So I, I just want to say before Sacramento fans, before I replace the Oklahoma City fans that I mentioned with Sacramento yeah. fans. You hate all young point guards, <laughs> don't you, Tony? <laughs> um, I just want to say that De'Aaron, like De'Aaron Fox is an all-NBA talent. So I'm not suggesting that they trade him um, you know, I'm not suggesting that they trade him be, because of anything that he's done wrong. I'm suggesting they trade him because I think Davion Mitchell is going to be that good and Tyrese Halliburton is already that good. And, if, and you know, Davion Mitchell's in, in year one of his rookie deal. Ty, Tyrese Halliburton is in year four of his rookie deal. Darren Fox is already on, on deal number two. So you're already paying him big money. So if you can trade him and get a you know a, a great two-way wing um you know offer him to you know see what happens if you offer him to toronto for pascal siakam and scotty barnes and you know and and, and try to and and try to get strong in the lineup where you are not currently strong you know, and find some of those two-way wings uh, while you have, you know, three really, really, really good point guards. And, you know, you can probably spare one of them. Um, so that that's that's just my thought right there. 
Well, my guess is Kings fans are going to hate that. Uh, but, you know, that is the sort of thinking that you have to wrestle with at, at Sacramento. How do they, at what point do you say we're serious about making the playoffs as opposed to we're just going to kind of, you know, slowly keep rebuilding? Because I actually really like their last couple of drafts. And I really like De'Aaron Fox. Like their backcourt, I'm I'm really pleased with. It's the rest of the team that that is problematic right now. And, you know, to your point, you know, maybe at some point you have to start making those tough decisions about giving up where we have a strength to, to, to fix some weaknesses in the front court. So that's, that's really right, interesting. The thing right now is where does, how does Davion Mitchell get on the floor? If you go into training, if you go into training camp with the current team that you have, you have De'Aaron Fox, you have Tyrese Halliburton, and you have Buddy Hill. You know, well, but and Buddy, Buddy, I'll be shocked if Buddy's in a Sacramento uniform by the end of the. Uh, I would be too. I would be as well, but currently he still is, right? So you know, that's 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 my that's my thing. I I think Davion Mitchell has a chance to be special, and you know, I I want to see him, um, I want to see him be special. And if you're the Sacramento Kings, um, you know, you you have two special type point guards that are on rookie deals and you know you you could probably use your all nba level point guard and 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 try to find um and try to get better in some areas that you're not right now i i i love that davian mitchell plays one summer league game and the people that really liked him in the draft were praising him up and down for how he played and the people that hated him in the draft were picking him apart in the first summer league game of the year. He's going to be a really interesting prospect just because, you know, both groups watched the exact same game and came away with really different conclusions um, about what they saw, you know, in that, in that game, which is really, you know, fascinating to me. Um, And it's, it's surprising to me that Davian Mitchell is the guy that's, that's created these camps um, out there right now when I think that there's plenty of other guys that deserve those well, polarized camps more than Davian Mitchell. Because he's 22 years old and, and the the train of thought is you can't get better as a 22 year old. And the other thing that's polarizing about him is that he's six foot. So, you know, the, the, the train of thought, you know, that we have is that, you know, small guards don't win in the NBA and, and you know, old old guard, old people don't win in the NBA, um, or old people don't improve. Um, so, you know, and I'm not calling a 22 year old old. I'm just saying that you know, relatively by where he is in his career. But Davion Mitchell has he's a special defender. He has a special spurt first step, and he has a special will to compete that you just don't find every day. And and one and just one of those intangibles or just one of those attributes is on a standalone is a special trait and he has like three or four of them um you know so i i i'm rolling with davion mitchell every day of the week and twice on sunday all right i'm gonna put you on the spot this is speed round right now i'm gonna tell you the team you give me a quick grade uh in the draft we're gonna start memphis grizzlies at 10 zaire williamson sante aldama what's your grade uh, C because C okay tough Charlotte Hornets gets James Booknight Kai Jones JT Thor's in there uh, what do you give them B plus 
B plus, San Antonio Spurs, Josh Primo blows everybody away, shocked. I had 168 folks uh, do a mock draft for me. No one had Josh Primo in the top 20. I certainly didn't see him going in the top 20, let alone 12. What do you give the San Antonio Spurs? C minus. <laughs> C minus. Okay, we didn't talk about the Golden State Warriors. They get... Um, uh, they they get uh, Moses Moody uh, out of this draft. Jonathan Kaminga, what do you give them? I give them a B. Okay, a B. Uh, Washington Wizards, Corey Kispert. I give that a C. C, let's see, 16. Oklahoma, oh, that's that's Alpern and Sengun. Uh So the Rockets get Alpern and Sengun, uh Usman Garuba. Uh, they get uh, Josh uh, um, uh, Green. Uh, sorry, Jalen Green. Uh, what do you think about that? Josh Christopher, that's right. There's where my brain was going. Uh, what, did, what do you give them? I give them an A. Okay. Uh, we talked about Oklahoma City already. 17. Got Trey Murphy the third going to New Orleans Pelicans. What do you think about that? I give them a B. Your guy, Jalen Johnson, the next Grant Hill, goes to Atlanta, along with Sharif Cooper, my guy, uh, who falls all the way to 48. What do you give the Hawks? I give them a B. Oh, we forgot about Chris Duarte going to Indiana at 13. I give that an A. Oh, give that an A. Okay. Tony likes the old guys uh, this year. I love year. Chris Duarte. I'm a, I'm a Chris Duarte fan. Oh, also they got uh, Isaiah Jackson. Indiana got Isaiah Jackson at 22 um, as well. All right. There's some speed rounds. and Let's do one last because I know you cover the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz freak freak me out freak everybody out uh i'm like literally like texting the jazz you know i t- told them early early in the day i think you and i talked about it you know that jared butler was going to be on the board i thought at 30 and everybody in utah was like no way there's no way he's going to be there at 30 he's there at 30 they trade the pick to memphis trade back but he's there at 40 uh, and they get jared butler what do you what say you about the jazz's draft i give them an a yeah man jared butler who to me if there's if his if his health is clean is easily a top twenty prospect if not even you know top fifteen uh, getting him at forty and he to me he's a great fit right like I mean this is a great fit in Utah's backcourt yeah it's a great fit and not only did you get him at not only could you have gotten him at thirty they trade back and get him at forty and they get two second round picks for him so they. Um, they replace some of the assets that they've lost over the last few years. Um, and they got a guy who should have gone in the top 20 pretty easily. Um, so if Jared Butler is healthy, um, he probably pretty instantly steps into the fourth guard role, um, you know, for the jazz and he can play both guard positions. He can, he can defend, he can, he's a great shooter. Um, he can run, pick, and roll. He can score in the mid-range, um, and, and he's a real fit for for Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, um, and and Jordan Clarkson for that matter. So he's uh, that that that's that that was a big time draft for the Jazz. Bones Highland also going to Denver. I really love that fit. I thought he was a great fit there. And Miles McBride, I was really hard on the on the Knicks, but they got my guy Miles McBride in the second round. Quentin Grimes in the first round. What grade do you give the Knicks? I gave the Knicks a B plus. I, I I thought I thought them getting Quentin Grimes was was good at twenty five, but I, I I thought them getting Miles McBride at thirty five. I, I thought that was really good. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about 
uh, who we are, our predictions, our top three predictions each for Rookie of the Year in 2022. Uh, but first, let's talk about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts stores to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? They have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available to your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you'll ever need, rockauto.com. All right, we're back with Tony Jones of The Athletic. We're kind of going over the offseason right now. We've talked about teams that have helped themselves in the draft as well as free agency. I want to get your thoughts now on something that I usually like to wait a week or two afterwards to let it settle in because teams have free agency. And, you know, it was just a couple of days ago, some Bulls fans were writing in on my my website, nbabigboard.com, saying, oh, man, Io's going to be the starting point guard, uh, at you know, for the Bulls. And then, you know, all of a sudden, uh, the Bulls do make a bunch of moves, and, and it's, you question whether he gets any time on the floor at all. But now that we've kind of seen the landscape go right now, um, and, and I'll be honest, I got this wrong last year. I thought Obi Toppin uh, had a chance to be uh, you know, Rookie of the Year, not because I thought he was the best prospect. I had him much lower just given his age and, and the role that you thought he was going to play uh, on, on the Knicks, which he ended up not playing. Uh, and, and so... Tony, who is your number one prediction? I, I, my guess is that everybody in the world already knows the answer to this to be rookie of the year uh, in 2022. It's going to be Kate Cunningham. And actually, I, you, you know, you'd think the number one pick should always be that guy, but sometimes playing time and, you know, just different situations make that not the case. Kate Cunningham is going to be featured in Detroit. They're going to put the ball in his hands, right? And, and the, everything is going to center around him, which is the perfect recipe uh, to be to be the rookie of the year. Yeah, listen, I, I'm going to preface this right now that, that my answers are really going to be boring with this. Um, so, um, listen, Kate's going to get the ball in his hands from day one. Um, he's got competency around him because he's you know he's he's got Grant to 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 help him out offensively. He's got Sadiq Bay to help him out offensively. Um, you know he's you know they're going to be running pick and rolls for him all day. Um, he's, he's just going to get, you know, he, he's going to get every chance. He'd have to flop pretty, pretty dramatically not to be in that, not to be at the top of that rookie of the year running. Kate's my, Kate's, uh, my choice, uh, as well for this. It, it, it just, he, all the, all the ingredients are right for a big rookie of the year, um, run, uh, number two runner up <laughs> Jalen green. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's almost the same thing as Kay Cunningham, right? Like him and Kevin Porter Jr. are going to have the ball in their hands, um, for, for most of this, most of the season. And, and, you know, the thing with Jalen green is I almost expect a LeBron Carmelo Anthony type thing between Kay Cunningham and Jalen green. Like I expect 
in January, like 50% of NBA Twitter to be on one side, 50% of NBA Twitter to be on the other side. Jalen Green is going to be, you know, a fixture on Sports Center highlights. Um, you know, I just expect him to, to to have every opportunity to be like like Kate Cunningham. I expect him to have every opportunity to be at the at the top of the rookie of the year race. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and you know, and voters like points. And my guess is that Jalen Green has the most points per game of any of any of the rookies that are out there as well and that you know Cade will do a bunch of other stuff um that that Jalen won't but Jalen Green could make a run a, a rare run at at a rookie that might even score 20 points a game uh the rookie year which is very rare that that happens but I could definitely see it um with him okay your third choice is it are you just going Evan Mobley here it's going Evan Mobley okay I mean listen like these top three guys I mean, you know, I mean, because you, all right, so you look at four, um, you know, Scotty Barnes, does he have a natural path to a starting spot? Pro- unless, unless Pascal gets traded, probably not. Does Jalen Suggs have a natural path to a starting spot? Maybe, maybe, maybe not, you know, m- maybe, maybe not. You know, he, I mean, Markel Fultz, if he's on the roster, you know, he's, he's going to be there. Cole Anthony is going to be that like these, like there's just like these guys are going to be really competitive with him. Um, you know, so the same thing with a number of other guys, Josh Giddy, you know, Jonathan Kaminga, like all of these, all of these guys, they don't have natural paths to, to starting spot in 30 minutes a night. Like these first three guys. Yeah. Did. And, and Davian Mitchell Evan, would have been a guy. Um, yeah. And even, even James Booknight, who is ready to play now is going to be behind Terry Rozier, uh, and, and that, and that starting spot. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's hard as you go down the list. David Mitchell normally would be a guy that we would think about could have a big time starting role, but in Sacramento, uh, he's coming off the bench and you worry about that. So I, I agree with you. I think it's Evan Mobley. I, I think that Jalen Suggs is maybe the only other guy that could sneak in there if he gets a big time role in, in Orlando, because I think he is actually ready to play now. So yeah, I think this is going to be one of the most boring rookie of the year races ever. Uh, but it also just speaks to the strength at the top of this draft. Right. And and that's the thing with Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley's going to play 30 minutes a night right away. Like, and he's, he's going to, you know, they're going to plug him in at the four and they're going to play him next to Jared, Jared Allen. And, and, you know, and he's, you know, he's not going to get the ball quite as much as Kay Cunningham and, and Jalen Green, um, but he's going to, you know, my guess is, you know, he's 14, 15 a night, eight, nine rebounds a night, you know, a couple of block shots. Um, he's going to get the chance to produce uh, at a high level. He's Tony Jones of The Athletic. I'm Chad Ford at NBABigBoard.com. When we come back next time, we're going to talk about, Tony and I are going to talk about some of the top candidates For the 2022 NBA draft. Yeah, it's time to start talking about that draft. And Tony and I will be back uh, talking about that. Uh, You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha. 